0: Guys, we can't wait to sing with y'all. We're lifting His name up. He's worthy. I'm going to sing along with us. Maker of heaven and earth Ruler of all, With our power and strength The kingdom will never fall It's you who sends the wind And makes the sun shine Space and time, I once was blind to changed my when you wrapped me in your arms and took control. Cause I needed you more than I knew before. So
1: just wrap me in your love and take control. Cause within you, there's no greater. i your name
0: regardless of who I've been faithful and-
2: This community, right here, wherever you are, lift it up.
0: Stories of a savior.
2: Welcome to Passion Community Church. I'm Mark Tapscott, your online campus pastor. And I'm so glad that you decided to spend an hour of your time with us. Now when you're ready to meet some people or learn more about our church, then you can submit a connect card. You can do that on our website or just click on the link in the chat. Now that will open up a new window for you so you won't lose your seat here and you can still hear the service while you fill it out. We believe that God made each of us to make a difference. And we want to help you discover your purpose through a class called Growth Track. Now, it's available on demand online, or you can sign up for our online campus growth track, which I'll be hosting beginning on August the 29th. Now, check out the website or click on the link in the chat for more information. Now, I know we give you a lot of info in a short amount of time here, but there is a way that you can stay up to date with all the happenings at our church and our campus, and that's by joining our online campus Facebook group. There you can stay up to date with all the happenings, the dates and the times. You can also connect and share with nearly 400 other members who are part of our PCC online campus. So check it out today and request to join our Facebook group. Now you have to join to be able to access the page. That's Facebook's rule, not ours. But don't worry, we'll let you in and soon you'll be able to meet everyone else who is part of our group. Now, as of last Saturday, PCC finished up with Mega Camp for 2023. I was at the Farmville campus and I volunteered to help. I spent the day with 24 energetic kids that got to hear how much they matter to God. Now all total, almost 500 kids, 494 to be exact, were part of Mega Camp at one of our physical campuses this summer. But that's not all. Kids in two other countries also got to enjoy the fun and they got to learn about Jesus through the games and activities of Mega Camp. We danced and sang and we learned and listened and we talked and played At all of the locations, people new to PCC got to interact with our church for the very first time. And people who are part of our church got to know each other a lot better. And kids got to know God better. Now we wanna say thank you to over 300 volunteers who made it happen with their time and effort. And we wanna say thank you to you all as well who give to PCC. Your financial contributions made it possible for us to have safe processes engaging activities and exciting spaces. Your gifts also helped introduce kids to the spiritual practice of generosity. You see, as part of MegaCamp, we encourage kids to give too. And our kids collected stuffed animals in some communities. Others, they had food and school supplies. And the kids at uh, two of our campuses, they raised over $3,000 to help kids in other countries. And you can be part of teaching kids about Jesus and how to follow him by giving at PCC. We offer secure giving through our website or our app and you can click on the link in the chat let's pray God, we thank you for kids for the children that we saw at mega camp uh, almost 500 of them uh, that got to hear how much you love them we just thank you for that opportunity to be able to to let kids know that that they matter to you so thank you for the folks that uh, gave to make that happen thank you for the gifts that are coming in now Uh, that will ensure that we can keep uh, reminding these kids that they matter to God and that they'll grow up and teach others about you as well. So, God, we thank you for a place uh, like our church that, that cares about kids like you do. And thank you for the folks who give to make Mega Camp happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this past week we hosted the Global Leadership Summit, and as we prepared for that, we sat down and captured some stories, and we want to share those with you today. So let's go back to our big room, to our service that's already in progress
3: did it they collected stuffed animals in some communities food and school supplies and others and kids at two of our campuses raised over three thousand dollars to help kids in other countries it's amazing these are kids your kids and yes i know that they don't got full-time jobs or they're getting this money and they're not probably taking their allowances although i know some of them did to do it they did it through you but you taught them what it means to be generous by doing it so thank you and if you haven't given here before if you're not a part of this yet you can be you can help the next generation those kids who will one day sit in your seat who will one day stand in this spot and tell their peers what it means to give you can help them by giving yourself here you can give any time online, safely and securely, on our website, or you can make a donation to any of the black boxes in this room or in the atrium on your way out. So thank you for coming with us. And if you haven't yet, why don't you come with us? Because amazing things are happening all the time and we get to be a part of it. I wanna thank God for that opportunity right now. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that despite the fact that you could do this on your own if you wanted to you invite us into the process so that we can grow that we can learn and we can experience the fullest life possible through those lessons lord so thank you for the opportunity we know and we trust that when we give to you it won't go wasted not a cent will go wasted in fact it'll multiply to do whatever it is you want to do with it god Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for that confidence. Lord, thank you for letting us all be able to be here today in your presence. It's in that amazing, sweet presence and precious name that we pray. Amen. This past week, many of you know that we hosted the Global Leadership Summit at our Midlothian campus. And as we prepared for that, we sat down and we captured a few stories, but We didn't want to just keep it there. We wanted to share one with you now. So check this out.
1: I got to PCC because I was in a place in my life where I needed something to change. I was nervous. I asked my daughter to come with me so I could have my mom hat on, I'm more comfortable like that. And she came. Brian Hughes was preaching a message about the parable of the prodigal son I remember the seat I sat in songs that were played it was amazing it was just like God said Liz your ears are open your heart is open I've been calling just come home and I looked at Ansley and I said I'm coming back I'm coming home I was in a tough place in my marriage. My daughter was going through some stuff and I needed God like I had never realized I needed God. I learned something. Every Sunday I went through the process of learning and reading and asking questions and making some friends in church. My heart was opened. And then I wasn't just learning about God. I was loving God and feeling God's love towards me. In the past seven years, I've lost both my parents. My marriage fell apart, I've moved. Things have changed, but I'm okay because God loves me And Jesus saved me from myself. The more I look for God and Jesus, the more I call on him, the closer he is. He's not far away. He's there, he's real, I can feel him. I can feel the reassurance and the strength and the love and the guarantee that whatever I'm going through, I'm not alone. I'm not forsaken. The really cool thing about being in relationship with God is that you can spend time with God without taking his time from somebody else. God can spend time with me when I need him or want to say thank you and praise him, but he can be with you at the same time and with everybody else so I can talk to him all day long. It's the only relationship where when you ask for time, you are not being selfish. And I wonder, I mean, nobody at PCC ever said to me, why'd it take you 50 years to come to church? But I for darn sure said it to myself, you know? Why? It's not like there weren't churches available. It's not like I hadn't been to. I've always been a beloved child of God. I never opened the package. You know, the present's been sitting on the doorstep. It might've been sitting on the table right here. And I never opened the package. When I opened the package, it was more precious than any gift I've ever been given. And I've been given a lot. I am truly blessed. If I had not started coming to church and seeking God and finding Him, I never would have made it through the past seven years. When you open your heart and your mind to everything that God offers freely, I think you can't help but be blown away.
0: You were always there to guide.
4: Okay, you may be seated if you're standing. What a great way to start my time with you today. That song is about God's presence. It was written right here at PCC, and it captures so many qualities and components of God's presence. It's it's our shield and our anchor. It's always there beside us and before us and behind us, and some of us, we crave it. We live and breathe for it. And when we sense God's presence, There's nothing like it. But let's tell the truth. We don't always sense it, do we? In fact, I'm confident there are people doing church with us today who've never felt it or aren't sure what God's presence is, if you would know it if you did feel it. Maybe that's even why somebody's here. You're hoping to have that experience or you're curious about what it might be like. Maybe you're even skeptical that it's possible for you. It is possible for you, wherever you come from and wherever you're joining us for church today. Whether you're right here at Powhatan or you're joining us at Midlothian or Riverside or Farmville or Aylett, whether you're with us from a correctional center at Nottaway or VCCW or if you're joining us online. God's presence is available wherever you are. I am confident of that. Now our being aware of it, being able to see it and sense it, that's not always so clear. Not for us, not even for people in the Bible. That's what we're talking about today as we continue our road trip series this summer. While we're in this season of road trips, uh, long ones and short ones, like weeks at the beach or days at the river, we're looking at road trips in the Bible and what we can learn from them today's story is about a couple of people who have the opportunity to take a road trip with jesus himself i mean can you imagine that like who you're traveling with is a critical part of every trip other than the destination itself the company that might be one of the most influential parts of any trip like have you ever been on a trip with people you didn't really know all that well you know this happens uh, often happens with work or with school i've been on trips like that and you end up traveling pe- with people you're not close with and as you get ready for this trip you all know that you're getting ready to learn some things about each other like who snores and drools uh, if they fall asleep during the trip you're going to find out who gets car sick who tells the best stories who can't stop talking Who complains, who's impatient, who has road rage, who drives like it's a contest of who can arrive first or last? Who's gonna roll in on fumes at the very last minute or who's gonna show up with a tank on full? You find out what music people listen to, who can sing, who can't, who belts it out like they're performing karaoke. Often you get to know people really well when you travel. So going on a road trip with Jesus Sounds like a wonderful opportunity to get to know him better. But it doesn't go quite like we might expect. Let's check it out. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. All right, first this is our story, but let's look at the beginning, because this starts by saying that same day. Well, what day are we talking about here? This is the day that Jesus has risen from the dead, after he's been crucified, killed, put in a tomb. So long story short, Jesus is the son of God who had come to earth as a baby human. Then as he became an adult, he taught and he healed and he gathered a following. But as he did, he threatened the authority of both governmental and religious uh, people. Ultimately, he was tortured and executed like a treasonous criminal. His body was put in a tomb. But then, earlier this same day, some of the women who had followed Jesus, well, they went to the tomb. They were gonna treat the body with spices like they did in their culture. But when they got there, they saw that the tomb was empty. And there were some men there in glowing clothes, maybe like angels, who told the women that Jesus had risen from death. So the women went back. They tried to tell the others what they saw, but they didn't believe them. So Peter, he was one of the leaders. Like, he had to go see for himself. So he went to the tomb, saw exactly what the women told him he would see. And the Bible says Peter goes away wondering what had happened. That's what day it is. Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers and leader under him. Peter's confused. The other people are disbelieving. The women, at first they're confused and then they're afraid of the people in the glowing clothes. then I imagine they're probably frustrated because nobody believes them. So if we're reading the room, that's the situation. There's confusion and doubt and frustration. And in that state of mind, two guys set off on a walk to a nearby village. So what do you do when you're like that, when you're confused? Well, many of us would talk it out. That's what the text says. They were talking, they talked, they discussed. Lots of talking happening here and it's no wonder. They had a lot to talk about. These guys, they had heard Jesus teach about God in ways no one had ever heard before. They had witnessed with their own eyes as he'd healed people. Then, well then he'd been arrested and everything they thought they knew was in doubt. So they stayed away while Jesus was beaten and killed because the Jesus they knew. I mean, he was powerful enough, he could have taken down every thorn and whip and nail that was raised against him. He could have out-argued the legal team, but he didn't. He chose not to and his followers they didn't know what to make of that i mean they wondered was he not so powerful and wise after all was he not god after all and who was he these two men are discussing the identity of jesus when jesus himself shows up and starts walking with them but they don't recognize him at least yet now this brings up questions that we really don't know the answers to for certain Like, does Jesus look different after he's resurrected than he did before? Or is he using his power to kind of keep them from seeing him clearly until he's ready? We'll see later if they ever figure out who he is. But that's our expectation. We think they're gonna figure it out and even get to know him better because that's what happens with us on road trips, right? We go on trips, we get to know each other better. And if we're Christ followers, sometimes we get to know Jesus better too. Now, our trips are clearly very different from the one we're looking at today. I mean, thank goodness we get to drive and fly instead of walk, for starters. But just like these two guys, sometimes when we travel, we end up having faith conversations. This summer, lots of people around here who follow Jesus have done that as they've gone on trips, mission trips together. Now, mission trips, they're a prime example of traveling with people you don't always know so well. Throughout our church, 134 people have gone on those trips already this summer. If you're one of those people, you get it. For better and worse, you get to know each other on those trips. Eight years ago, I was attending the Midlothian campus one morning. I wasn't the pastor there yet. I had some other roles here at the time. and I was walking out, As I walked out of the service that day, a young woman called my name. She caught up with me and introduced herself, said she was thinking about going on the student mission trip, but she'd never been on one of those before. And Paul Myers, who leads worship at the Midlothian campus now, he did then, and he told her she should come talk to me. So I answered her questions, then I got to meet her mom, I got to answer her mom's questions, and ultimately, she signed up for the trip without really knowing anybody. So on the day that we we're supposed to leave, she hopped in my van for the ride to Cherokee, North Carolina. The rest, as they say, is history. This is Lindsay Stetler. She was Lindsay Chavis at the time, and this is her in our van on her very first PCC mission trip. I was sitting up front, and we got to know each other right here in this van. By the end of the week, we were sitting on her air mattress talking about relationships and her future, Since that moment, I've gotten a front row seat to her relationships and her future. I got to be there when her boyfriend proposed on another mission trip. I was FaceTiming her family back home so they could watch the proposal. And then, I got to be there when they said, I do. That's right, Alice Hobson, you didn't get invited to that wedding. But I, I didn't just get invited, I got to perform it. All right, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back, watch Ellis Hobson's message from two weeks ago. It was outstanding, it was about walking the narrow road, but in it, he trashed my good friend Lindsay for not inviting him to this wedding. Now, he was joking, of course, like I'm doing now. I'm a big fan of Ellis, I really like the way he communicates. I'm looking forward to hearing from him again in a couple of weeks. But Lindsay, I got you. Cause she and I, we got to know each other on that road trip. Since then, she's become part of my staff. She planned some big events around here like the father-daughter ball. She has a powerful voice that leads us in worship. She even learned to play the piano because we didn't have anybody at Midlothian to do that. Over the last eight years, she's been on lots more student trips and we're friends. My kids were also in her wedding and I'm a little bit obsessed with her little guy. Yeah, I know, he's so cute, right? This is what can happen when you go on a journey together. Now, of course, you don't become close friends with everyone you travel with, but there's no denying you get to know them better, right? And That's part of what's so interesting about today's story because at first these guys don't recognize that Jesus is with them, you know? I bet that's true for some of us today. Jesus might be right beside you, you just don't recognize him. Maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you think you are alone, but you're not really. We're gonna talk in a little bit about how to recognize Jesus. But first, let's check in on our road trip and see how it's going with Jesus and these two other guys. He asked them, that's Jesus, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. Now these guys might not recognize Jesus' appearance here, but I recognize his style. Do you see what he's doing? He's asking questions, because that's what Jesus does. During his three years of ministry on earth, Jesus asks some 300 questions that are recorded in the Bible. He is asked about half that many. He actually answers very few of them. This is interesting because Jesus, who is the greatest communicator, keynote speaker, orator, preacher, influencer of all time, spends much of his time asking questions instead of speaking. I don't know about you, but that gets me, because I like to talk. I like to do it like this. I can talk the ears off of my closest friends. I am certain that I have talked more than my fair share on road trips, but I wish I did like Jesus. I wish I asked more questions. Because see, Jesus had the humility I mean, he's the son of God himself, the greatest of the great, and he had the humility and the patience not to just dive in and start setting these guys straight right away with his brilliant logic and masterful word choice. Instead, he asked questions to kinda see where they were, what they understood, what they didn't understand. Now, although Jesus isn't physically beside us, bet he's asking us questions too. Like, you know if you're in the car, you're driving to work maybe, or maybe you're working out, and questions pop into your head? I wonder if any of those are Jesus. Now, it's also possible there's something else, like anxiety, like did you turn off the oven? Did you pay the bill? Did you make the appointment? But, but you know what I mean, like when you have a little space, a little time, sometimes a substantial question pops in your head, Maybe it's a big picture question about the way the world works. Or maybe it's like an idea of a thing, an event, a program, a product, a system you could create. Maybe it's a question about how you're living or making a living, how you're growing, or maybe how you've become stagnant, where you're spending your time and energy. Maybe in those moments, Jesus is with us. And instead of telling us what to do or think, he's asking us questions giving us an opportunity to think it through. Like he asked these guys questions, and they answered him. They told Jesus, who they didn't know was Jesus, about Jesus. He heard them out, then he did call them foolish, they didn't quite get it right, and he tried to explain again what the Bible says about who he is. These guys, they walked the seven miles to Emmaus, they finished the road trip without the other two ever realizing or Jesus revealing who he was. And then as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. All right, Jesus walked with them, now he's staying with them, but it almost didn't happen. Did you catch it? As they approached their destination, Jesus just kept walking. He continued on as if he were gonna go further. See, even though he'd had great conversation with them, he didn't assume that he was welcome to stay. He didn't force himself on them. Now, to be fair, he had joined them on their walk unannounced and without invitation, just because, and he had asked them questions, he had offered explanations. See, Jesus took initiative to connect with them and teach them who he is, but they also had to take initiative and invite Jesus to stay with them. That's true for us too. Jesus takes initiative in relating to each one of us. He took initiative in a really big way in coming to earth as a human and dying so that we can be with him now and forever. And occasionally he'll interject in our world and maybe put questions in our heads for us to think through. And he'll even offer us explanations of the Bible like he did them, maybe when we hear messages like this or maybe he helps us understand when we're reading the Bible on our own. But even then, Jesus doesn't assume he's invited to stay engaged. He doesn't force himself into our lives. You know, I think some of you are here today and you're not sure if Jesus is with you And some of you, you've interacted with Jesus' story and his teachings, but you've stopped there. And if you've stopped there, you may have stopped too soon. You might not have seen Jesus for who he really is is yet, and you might not even know it. Because like almost happened with these guys, Jesus might be continuing on with the work he's trying to accomplish in the world, and you're missing out on being part of it because you haven't invited him to stay with you. Or, well, inviting might might not be the right word. Inviting might be putting it too softly because these guys didn't invite him. They urged him strongly to stay with us. There's a big difference between inviting and urging strongly, isn't there? Like if I were to say to my kids, I invite you to come have a chat with me, which I wouldn't say, because it's weird, but if I said, I invite you to come here and chat with me, that's altogether different from, I urge you strongly to come here right now. Uh, Your boss might invite you to a meeting, or she might urge you strongly to be in attendance. Your teacher might invite you to a tutoring session, or he might strongly urge you to get some help. We all know there's a big difference between being invited and strongly urged. And I'll just confess, something I'm afraid I may have gotten wrong. Maybe some other people like me, I don't know. See, I think sometimes I've led people to softly, gently, naively, sweetly invite Jesus into their life for a minute. Maybe I should have led people to strongly, strenuously, seriously, urge and implore and beg Jesus not just to come into their life for a fleeting moment but to stay in their lives forever because I worry I worry that people are missing out they're missing out on continuing to walk with Jesus to being peppered with his questions to having the opportunity to work out the answers because they just invited him instead of strongly urging him now of course Many thousands, millions of people have prayed prayers inviting Jesus into their lives, and what they meant was strongly urging. I don't want to get caught up on the semantics, but I want to pay attention to the sentiment. I need Jesus in my life. You need Jesus in your life. It's not a nicety. It's not great if he can make it okay if he can't. It is essential, critical that Jesus be in our lives and stay in our lives. And it's essential, critical that we stay with him. You know, it's not explicit in this story, but it's certainly implied that for Jesus and these guys to go on this road trip, they had to walk in the same direction. And the same thing's true for us. Like like it or not, on a family vacation, we're all going to the same place. If he likes the river and she likes the beach and the kids like the air conditioning, it doesn't matter. We are all taking the same vacation. We're all going in the same direction and we're all gonna like it, right? I know this is obvious, but here's why I say it. If we want God to walk with us, then we have to go in the same direction God's going. Now, God's God. He can be wherever he wants to be. He can go wherever he wants to go, whenever he wants. The key phrase there is, he wants. But I'm afraid some of y'all, you're trying to take him wherever you want to go. And, And I'm worried somebody is wondering why God doesn't seem to be walking with them. And maybe that's you and you're feeling alone and rejected. Maybe you're doubting, is God still real after all? But the truth is, You and God were together at one point. He was walking with you. Y'all were having a great conversation. Then you decided to take your life in a direction that's the total opposite of where God's going. And you're over there wondering why God left you. But God didn't leave you. You left him. It's It's kinda like a dog on a walk with their human. We've all seen this, right? Sometimes a big dog's pulling a little human where they want to go. But we've all seen like a human who's standing still while some little dog is like pulling and pulling and pulling, trying to go their own way, right? So in this analogy, stay with me, we're the dog, God is the human. Big stretch on both accounts, I know. But God tries, he tries to walk us to lead us on the right path. It's the devoted way that Elijah taught us about and the narrow way that Ellis taught about and the caring way that Brian taught about last week. But we, we think we see or hear something better over there and we pull away. And God, like he he holds us steady for a while. He might even tell us no, try to get us back on path, take us in the right direction. But we keep pulling and pulling and pulling and eventually, he just lets go. Lets us chase after whatever it is that we think that we want. We all know how this works, right? Whatever we run after doesn't end up looking or sounding or being as good as we thought it would be, and we end up feeling alone, wondering where God is. That's you, maybe you even blame him, that you've wound up in a place of disappointment and disillusionment and discouragement. Listen, if you've gotten off track, and let's tell the truth, it happens to all of us sometimes, right? If you've gotten off track, it's okay, come back. It's never too late to come back. You can go back to Jesus and strongly urge him to stay with you again, or you can strongly urge him to stay with you for the very first time. If you do, maybe then you'll see who he really is, like the two guys who walked the road to Emmaus with him. See, after they urged Jesus to stay with them, this is what happened. When he, that's Jesus, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Finally, finally they recognize Jesus. When they stop walking and talking and they sit down to dinner with Jesus, they see it. His identity is revealed to them in the breaking of the bread because when they see him at the table with them breaking bread this time, they remember the last time. And we call that last time the last supper. It happened just days before this road trip. And on that evening, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you Do this in remembrance of me. See, they've been here before, around a table with Jesus breaking bread and dispersing it to everyone, but they didn't understand what he said the last time about the bread being his body given for them, but now, now they understand his body was given, given to torture and execution for them, for us, so that we can escape death and live. And when the men see that that's when they see jesus when you see that jesus body was broken and given for you then you see who jesus really is now remember these guys they spent time with jesus they've heard jesus himself explain scripture but those things alone didn't reveal who jesus truly was the broken bread did that now I'm a big advocate of spending time with Jesus and diving into the Bible. I've encouraged you to do both of those things from right here on this platform. But you, if you spend time with Jesus, if you spend time talking to Jesus, we call that prayer. If you spend time reading about him in the Bible, but you don't see him as the broken bread, then you're missing out. Yes, Jesus is the one who can be with you always. You can talk to him anytime. Yes, reading Jesus' teachings and his story is foundational for your life. And if you want to see who Jesus really is, then look at the broken bread. Because even though Jesus is the creator of the whole world, even though he's the calmer of the storm, the healer of your heart, he offered his body to be broken. And because of his broken body, We get to enjoy peace and joy and life. Jesus submitting himself to death is the reason we can live and we can read about it and we can hear about it. But when we see it and touch it and taste it, we recognize who Jesus is in a powerful way. We appreciate that he didn't just come to teach us, he let himself be tortured for us. He doesn't just do life with us He did death with us. As we prepare to conclude our time together, we have an opportunity to recognize Jesus in a ritual that we call communion. In this ritual, we eat a small piece of bread as a symbol of Jesus' body broken for us, and we drink a little bit of juice as a symbol of his blood that was shed for us. So in a minute, as you take steps toward the table, I want you to strongly urge Jesus to walk with you from this point forward. And as you hold the bread and the juice, look at them. See who Jesus is. You can eat and drink them at the table and then return to your seats. So I'm gonna pray and then a leader at your campus will give instructions for where to move in your room. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for offering your body to be broken for us. Thank you for defeating death and coming back to life, doing that for yourself, but also making a way for us to have full life right here in this world and to live with you forever. God, we confess sometimes, sometimes we get it wrong and we try to go our own way, but right now, right now. We strongly urge you. That is the cry of our heart. Come be with us and stay with us because we need you. So walk with me. Walk with all of us. And thank you. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to walk with you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. If you're here at Powhatan, then we have four tables across the front. And in the middle of the room, there are two more tables. So if you're in the front half of the room, if you would make your way to one of the tables at the front, if you're in the back half of the room, if you'll come to the two tables in the back. If you're joining us online, you may take the bread and the juice at this time.
2: leave this place today and move into our week let that song be our prayer jesus walk with me let's walk with him and let's take with us the image of jesus as the bread broken for us if you'd like to learn more about how to walk with jesus and to recognize him then keep an eye out for a retreat next month in the richmond virginia area until then join us for the next stop on our road trip next week we'll see you then